Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play every single day with your kids. The podcast that helps you anchor your days in self-care so you can be the best version of yourself and have more joy every single day. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am the founder and developer of Play for Life Moms. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to episode 38. I am so excited to tell you I have a guest today. Every episode in the month of August, I have carefully chosen experts for you to listen to and learn from some of my favorite people. Today's guest I found because of her podcast that she has with her husband, The Kate and Mike Show. Her name is Kate Northrup. Kate and her husband are committed to supporting ambitious women the light of the world without burning themselves out in the process. Kate teaches data-driven and soul-driven time and energy management practices that result in saving time, making more money, and experiencing less stress. Kate's first book was Money, A Love Story, and is published in five languages. Her second book, Do Less, a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for busy moms, is available now wherever books are sold. Kate and Mike live with their two daughters in a cozy town in Maine, and I invited her here to talk about her book, Do Less. Welcome to Kate Northrup. I am so excited you're here. Can you explain to us a little bit about your family before we start? Because we're a group Absolutely. of moms and we love hearing about everyone else. Awesome. So I have a almost 16-month-old named Ruby and I have an almost four-year-old named Penelope. And I live with my husband, um, who is also my business partner, and we live in a little town in Maine. Excellent. So a big part of the Everyday Motherhood podcast is talking about how to pause, connect, and enjoy life by adding more play. Do you play on a daily basis at all, Kate? Oh, you know, it's so funny. I was just on a road trip with a girlfriend who's a fellow mom. And we were talking about how yesterday, how we struggle with playing with our kids, but that adult play is so different. And I just spent two days with my girlfriends, a a bunch of entrepreneurial girlfriends, some moms, some not moms, Mm -hmm. um, in Western Mass. And I really felt like even though we were sitting around talking, like that is adult play. And we did you know, we walked down to the river and put our feet in the river and talked about what we wanted to let go of, like down the river. And then, you know, we um, went to a concert and I go to dance class. And so I think I absolutely do play, uh, even though when it comes to playing with my kids, I'm not as good as that at that as I as my husband is. That is really good at playing with that, kids. That is a really, really Um, good answer and for those who haven't listened um, before Kate is absolutely right adult play is totally different than kids play like you're spot on the research is there your brain is different it's amazing stuff Um, I will link in the show notes to those who are listening for 
the episode I did about the seven types of play from Dr. Stuart Brown and conversation is totally how adults play. So you are spot on. So how do your kids play? How do you, because I know that I saw an Instagram post that you did about being present with your kids and it was like your feet were in the water and your girls were with you and how hard it is to slow down and be there. So how do you play with them when you let yourself be present? Well, I love, I struggle with like pretend play, but I really love to color with, um, my little one doesn't color as much, although she's actually getting into it, which is a little scary with the markers. So (laughs) You'll learn to triage everything. Wait for the scissor stages, right? Oh my gosh, yeah, we are not at scissors yet. Um, so <laughs> I love to color. I love we I, to do crafts with my older one, like doing glitter and glue and like painting. Like anything we can make with our hands is so much fun. Um, having dance parties, singing, um, those are big. Uh, bubbles, doing chalk on the driveway, all those things, reading books. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are great ways. Yeah. Those are great ordinary plays, right? Like we forget all the ways that a kid can be present in the moment and find joy and awe. So it's really fun to experience motherhood and see, right? The awe that a ladybug can bring or something simple. Yeah. So magical. That's magical. Yeah. And I do love being with my kids in nature. Yeah. Um, we, you know, building fairy houses, like that kind of thing, like finding pine cones. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so simple. My little one loves to just take rocks and put them in a bucket and then take them out of a bucket and then put them back. And I get into that because it's like meditating. Totally. It's really, uh, yeah, it is a meditative thing. And just, you know, my 12 and 11 year old girls are still building fairy houses that they get more complicated and involve lots of hot glue um, (laughs) and burning off fingers. But, you know, this still happens okay so you wrote an amazing book called do less a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for busy moms so how did you start your journey on doing less with all that you have well i was forced (laughs) that um i think our best lessons tend to be unintentional um, I w- when I was pregnant with my first, I was just so tired. I could only work about half the amount of time I had ever worked previously. And yet my husband and I run our own company. We didn't have, there's nobody with health insurance. You know, I mean, we have health insurance, but we pay for itself, ourselves. There was no, there's no trust fund. There was no other financial plan. Mm-hmm. The financial plan is our business. <laughs> so with me working half as much, And then that first year of parenthood was a doozy, as I have heard it is for a lot of people. Our baby was sick. I struggled with postpartum insomnia and anxiety. Um, We had very limited childcare, but we needed to get the same results. And so just out of necessity, I figured out how to get the things done that actually needed to happen in a very limited amount of time with way less energy. And I kind of did it by accident, you know, (laughs) necessity is the mother of of all invention. And I didn't really notice that was happening until we sat down. I mean, I noticed that I wasn't working that much, obviously, 
but I honestly was so tired and so strung out that I sort of didn't care. <laughs> right. There, it wasn't on your bandwidth, right? Like feeding diaper changes, growing a baby. That was all the bandwidth you could carry. To like latch. I'm trying, I mean, it was just so hard. I'm trying to get sleep. And so we sat down a year after Penelope was born and we realized we had made the same amount of revenue in our company as we had any other year prior when Mike and I were both working full time. And I just thought, well, if I could have this whole time worked half as much and gotten the same result, what have I been doing? Yeah. Working all of these hours. And so that's where do less came from. And I thought, well, I am not that special. And so if I can do this by accident, certainly I could do it on purpose. And certainly I could share what I found out. And so that's what I did with the book. Yeah. And it's a great book. I um, have read it and I've bought four copies for friends. Oh, thank you. And it's been really fun to like chat over Instagram with people about it. It's, it's a great book. So if you don't have it, go pick it up. The Kindle book is just as good as the paper book in terms of function. And so either one works well for this book. And there's also, since you're a listener, there's an audio book. Oh, yeah, that's true. So Excellent. So part of Do Less, a big part of Do Less, right, is knowing your female cycle, your menstrual cycle, and where you are. So... Why is knowing where our cycle is so important as a woman? Well, so our menstrual cycle is so much more than trying to get pregnant or trying not to get pregnant. And I think our culture has done us a great disservice by making it only that, even though it is that and it's wonderful. Right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Getting pregnant is important. Having babies, important. important. And not not getting pregnant is also important at other seasons of life. Absolutely. However, a huge piece of the puzzle has been left out of sex education and has also just been left out of like basic human knowledge. And what I learned after I had my first is that the menstrual cycle has these four distinct phases and they affect our brains as women in really unique ways. And these four phases actually um, represent energetically the four seasons of the year. And so there's, we all go through every month, an energetic winter, spring, summer, and fall. And it has to do with the way our hormones are working in accordance with our menstrual cycle. And all these four phases set us up energetically to feel like doing different kinds of things. And so our world is set up for um, a 24 hour cycle because men's hormones cycle every 24 hours women's hormones cycle every 28 days ish given on you know given the length of your own cycle and uh by the way this doesn't totally apply if you're on hormonal birth control that makes um, sense because if you're on hormonal birth control you're actually technically not ovulating so you won't have the brain shifts that i'm talking about and i would recommend checking out um dr jolene brightman's book beyond the pill if you're interested in learning more about that anyway um, <laughs> it's a good plug-in, though, because yeah. so many people just default onto the pill. It's just good to know your options. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about informed informed consent and being an informed consumer and in, an informed patient. Absolutely. So do, your, do your research. Um, but for those who are having a normal, healthy cycle, you have these four energetic phases. And so the menstrual part is the part when you're bleeding, and that's your personal winter. 
And that's the time when your energy is really inward. Um, you have lower energy during that time. Mm -hmm. You may really not feel like being around people. I personally feel really foggy mentally, but I feel really intuitive. So I feel super in touch with myself, but not so much wanting to be in touch with the rest of the world. And that's really normal and, and, and healthy. And then there's the follicular phase, which is the week after your period. That's a pretty high energy time. It's like mm -hmm. springtime. Great time to start projects, great time to initiate things, to brainstorm. Um, and then the, your ovulation phase is obviously there's the day you ovulate, but there's kind of like the two days before right. and after where you're in that higher energy, very magnetic place. You'll feel your sexiest, your libido would be mm -hmm. your highest, um, but also you're very magnetic and open to cross-pollination of all different kinds. Okay. Um, great time to be social, to have a party, to be out and about, to go to the you know, to the cocktail hour. And then the uh, luteal phase, I think, is the most misunderstood because it coincides with PMS, um, which, by the way, is not all women have, and you don't have to have that. There's so many different people who can help you um, with those symptoms. But the luteal phase is, the, is, is really a winding down time when it's the time when everything that's not working in our lives sort of comes up uh, to be examined and the volume of what's wrong or the volume of the negative is louder. We're just much more emotionally porous during that time. And during that time, I know I just feel like everything is wrong. Um, and I've, I, and, and so, but it's also a time when you're very detail oriented and really great at completing things. And you just more wanna turn within and be, and be by yourself to prepare for the winter time. So it's kind of like that autumn energy. Um, and so we can use these four phases to do the right kind of activities at the right time of the month so that we get the best results from that type of activity at that time. So it has a lot to do with timing and honoring yeah. what's real for us at that time. Instead of trying to be on and bright and cheery all the time, we can, like everything gets done if we mm -hmm. do it at right time when we our, our bodies are actually supporting it that makes complete sense to me and I intuitively as a mom since you know since having kids I've noticed that I can say yes easier to different things at different times yes. and that you know I can show up for my kids or my family with this really fun activity then or show up with that type of energy but I cannot do it over here and I just want to good right like so that's the thing is to honor that and then also not to make yourself wrong for that because our culture has is very judgy mm -hmm. about 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 cycles and about the fact that we are not the same every single day of the month but we are the same over a 28 day period in a very predictable way so we're actually very predictable it's yeah it's just a longer a longer phase or a longer, you know, series cycle. Yeah, I I really appreciate you saying that because I think as um, I move into parenting two girls that are about to start this journey, that it's really important for me to empower them with this versus having them locked into that cultural shame of you know taboo around all of yeah. this. Well, I'm so excited for women coming of age at this time because, you know, I have a friend who has a 13-year-old girl and her and her friends, uh, her and her friends, like, 
wear red t-shirts when they're having their periods and they have like a period power club and I mean I would not have been caught dead doing that when I was 13 and so I would be like oh the culture is shifting it's exciting I think it is though like we've already taught our girls to like have the grab bag they're all set and all ready so they're not caught off guard and we've in my little group of friends with all these girls have said you know anyone can go to any of these people like you can offer right like always offer what you have if you have a go bag with you and someone else needs it like you're gonna want that so to show up and to ask and to not keep it secret asking for help asking for support and tapping into the sisterhood is so important yeah and it started early and uh yeah so that's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm seeing. So how can we shift the language in our house to, to help move this forward, do you think? To help our sons and our daughters understand that female energy is different than this cultural male energy. Yeah. So I think that, um, number one, it's honoring it in ourselves. So mm-hmm. allowing our children to see us resting and, and speaking language of the power of rest and the productivity of rest and how many gifts we have through slowing down and honoring the seasons within our household too. So not only the personal seasons of our menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. necessarily, but also just the seasons of the year. Like I think there are some beautiful practices we can do and I'm not the world's leading expert on this, but I follow (laughs) other moms who are so great about ritual with their kids. Yes, totally understand. (laughs) And, and, and um, whether it's bringing them into a solstice, like if, if you love to celebrate the summer solstice and the winter mm-hmm. solstice, those are big for, for us, or the spring equinox and the fall equinox, yep. and talking about the energies of the earth at those times and how we are animals, and so we can be supported by that. And I think children naturally are so much more connected to the earth yeah. and the seasons and cycles, so they haven't forgotten yet. And so I think that they like will tap right into that and bringing them into lighting a candle or saying a prayer or making a special flower bouquet or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, well, we have a seasonal nature table, right? Like your daughter likes to collect rocks. And so we just have a little corner corner that every time we go on a walk, someone grabs something and it just naturally changes and I put a different silk down and all the stuff. <laughs> love that. I love all of those things, just ways to bring nature into our lives. And the more we do that and the more as women, we, you know, instead of like, if you're feeling low energy around your own cycle saying like, Oh God, I'm so spaced out. I'm so tired. Like I have so much to do, right? That's like a whole paradigm that needs to shift to, Oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to go inside now and I'm going to go take a nap and just be with myself. I love that language around that. Yeah. It's just saying this is what's happening with me and I'm going to go honor it. And then our, our girls and our boys and we see that. And then it's just like, oh, well, that's what a woman does. She honors her own needs. And then, of course, uh, boys grow up to be men who do that and women grow up to be women who do that for themselves. Yeah. I I love how that language shift is so simple right there, but super empowering. Yeah. So... How, what do you do if you've done too much? If you've pushed past your, right? You can't do everything per the cycle that you're in. Life is going on, right? I think in your book, you said aim for, it's good if you get like 20%, right? Of the tasks or something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we're all, you know, we live in a, we, first of all, we have so many possibilities. We have the internet. <laughs> we can learn about anything we want at any time. Like, we just have this access that is unprecedented. And if you're anything like me, like, I'm so enthusiastic. I just, I want to learn it all. I want to know all the people. I want to listen to all the podcasts. And we just can't. So um, I do recommend, so I, I have a tendency to do too much as well, which is why I wrote this book. <laughs> <laughs> me but, too. <laughs> I'm a military spouse. It's gung-ho. Like, me. <laughs> but I, I really recommend my number one tool for coming back and getting what I need to fill up my cup after I've done too much is sleep. So I've actually been, this past week and a half, I have overdone it um we had a big business launch and it happened to fall during my period and then i just kept staying up too late and then i went on a trip and i just and so now i am back home and i just i said to my husband mike i have a call until 9 p.m tonight which is very unusual that i would work after the girls go to bed but it's just a weird night and so i looked him in the eye and i said if you see me screwing around on my phone or sitting on my computer or eating snacks at nine after <laughs> Like, please hold me to it. I am going to bed at night. And so prioritizing sleep for me is just the number one. Um, and it will always, it always just brings me right back. And I think that we can really all lean on sleep as this fundamental that everything else can grow from. If we are well rested, our body takes care of itself. Our mind takes care of itself. Our emotions are so much more stable. Our hormonal system, like everything resets. So just lie down. Like it's the ultimate do less hack. Everything gets fixed and done if you just sleep enough. Yeah. I understand, listen, if you have kids who wake up in the night, like I also get that that's not always possible. So. No, there are definitely seasons, right? Where you are just begging for more sleep because yes. you've got little babies yes. or kids with nightmares. So I was just reading another book that's about to come out and she talked about how sleep deprivation causes us to, you know, lose it on other people more. And so I love that you brought it as an anchor in too, because it's such a big right. tie-in. We over because undervalue sleep. We do undervalue sleep. And think about like if you lose it with your husband or if you lose it with your kids, how much time that then and energy that then takes in the remorse about that and then the repair about that. And then the, all the things that happen, like it's such, so you, we think like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep two hours later because I want to get all this stuff done. But then you're snapping at your kids and your spouse and all this stuff. Like that's wasting you days that you could have just slept the two hours and just been, <laughs> felt better, right? And not snapped at people. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's totally, I love the math that you just did there because <laughs> the repair of it takes so much longer than you think it does. It takes a lot to rebuild trust. It takes a lot to rebuild trust. And I also know like if I have snapped at somebody and, and made a rift in our relationship, whether it's my kids or my husband, that really sucks my energy. So I'm really unfocused doing the other things that I need to do. So I'm far less effective doing those things. I mean, it really. Oh really yeah. Cause it's like the front everything. burner. Yeah. yeah. You can't stop perseverating about. So yeah, that's super. Okay. So everyone, Kate just gave you permission to go get more sleep instead of pushing the limits, right? Like go rewind and listen to that again because the math there of the recovery of relationship repair rifts is super on target. So do you have, how do you, I, and your husband is way involved in your business. So he's way aware of all these things, but 
I'm sure that you run into people that don't know your do less philosophy and possibly resent it or try to sabotage or push you into doing more. So how do you put those boundaries up? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say I've been living this way for so long that like people generally know, but I, of course I have boundary pushers in my life. We all do. Um, And I give myself 24 hours before I say yes or no to somebody, something. So if I have a request come in that doesn't feel like a, you know, a heck yes, um, then I will just say, I'm just going to sit with that and get back to you. And then I can really, because I love to say yes to people. I like to make people happy, just like about every other woman on the mm-hmm. planet. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's my downfall, right? Uh, yeah. To just try to put everybody else first. And so to sit with it is really helpful. And then the other thing that's been really helpful for me is to not make my need to set a boundary have anything to do with the other person. Correct. Like it's really about me and it's really about my story and my experience. And Mm -hmm. I don't really need to get them on board with it. Right. Um, You don't need their permission or approval to have the boundary. I, I can't do that. And then that's, that's it. Yeah. Without the explanation, right? Like full stop. I can't. Because my time and energy is devoted right now to finishing my book or right. I recently had a girlfriend wanted me to go do this thing and I said we have a family policy we don't leave Maine in the summer <laughs> and she was like oh like it just it was yeah. so clear so that's a boundary I have we also have a family policy we don't travel at the holidays I so have that same family that, policy <laughs> yeah and then it's not personal <sighs> policies I think, um, for your family. yeah, I was just listening. So I'm in the do less intensive that you were running and you awesome. talked about policies in there too, about boundary setting. And it was such a light bulb moment that it's like, oh yeah, like I can have policies about normal mundane stuff that just because I'm not this big corporation, I can have policies. Like that's such an official sounding word. So yeah, and those structures really support our well-being because we cannot trust ourselves to hold the boundary when we're exhausted, when we've been up all night with a baby, when we've just had a fight with our husband. Like I cannot trust myself to hold my boundary at those times. But if I've made a policy ahead of time and I've pre-made the decision, right. then I can just lean on my own policy. So I'm taking care of myself. Yep. Yeah, I like that. So policies is just another word for like a pre-made decision. Fantastic. So do you have any tips about how to enjoy summer or transition into fall? Anything like that, Kate? Mm. Gosh, you know, I, I will say I'm in a season of life that's a little bit different just because my kids are, my kids are still have the same schedule okay, during gotcha. the school year yep. in the summer. Perfect. Um, so I have a lot of friends <laughs> who kind of, you know, by mid-August are, are twitching. Um, and I think that, I mean, this is so simple, but um, I was actually just interviewed for an article in Real Simple Magazine about the 10 tips for taking a vacation so that you're not overwhelmed by a mountain of work when you come back. And one of the things we talked about is just really getting clear on your schedule so that you know, like, oh, my kids are going to be off for three months and they only have camp this week and that week. 
So maybe I shouldn't also offer to plan my family reunion and my sister's wedding at the same time, right? So just, I think looking ahead at our schedule, we do this every week on Sunday nights, my husband and I, but then we also really look quarterly to say like, what's coming up? How can we support ourselves with more space? How can we be living in concert with the reality of our lives so that we're not trying to, for example, we're going on this ten, this one week family vacation with my whole extended family in September. I'm so excited about it. It's like 30 people. And we were looking at our business calendar and saw, oh, like we're gonna be trying to also promote this program at the same time. That's awful. Like I'm not teaching a webinar while we're on this family reunion, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I've done that on the past, in the past, it's terrible. And so just getting realistic about what do you have coming up and what are your expectations of yourself? And I do, I don't really believe in lowering our expectations of ourselves, but I do believe in changing them. So we are expecting ourselves to be present with our family and the things mm -hmm. that are happening instead of expecting ourselves to be present with our family and be on vacation and also have a perfect house and also do all the fitness things and also do the green smoothie challenge and also launch our podcast. Like it's just too much. So it's all just, too much. I, my advice is do less. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a practical way to do less for someone who wants to start? What would be one way to start? Yeah. One way to start is when you make your to-do list. If you make a to-do list, mm -hmm. I make them weekly instead of daily. A daily to-do list makes me crazy, um, but a weekly to-do list gives me a lot of space. And I recommend asking yourself when you write your to-do list before each item goes on the list, ask yourself, does this actually need to be done? Is this actually necessary? Um, and if no, just don't put it on the list. <laughs> if yes, ask, does this need to be done by me? I love that. So yeah, because it could be actually that, I mean, you have older children, they could do a lot of things. Even mm -hmm. my four-year-old, she packed her lunch this morning. They can do so much more than they we... They can do so much, and they're psyched to be involved. Oh yeah, yeah. My kids all started laundry at age eight, by the way, so... Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not in so charge of that, I so... That. That's so genius. Yeah, so does this need to be done by me? A lot of the times the answer is no, and we've just been so programmed to do everything for everyone else that it doesn't occur to us to allow somebody else to do it. And P.S., to allow them to do it, which is really good for them. Yes, it's really good for them, especially if you're looking at um, your kids or especially your kids, letting them yeah. do it, right? Like that's totally empowering and lets them build their own chops. They're going to be independent. You want them to be independent. You want them to be independent and to feel confident that they can do life, right? Yeah. And then the final question is, does this need to be done right now? So when we were talking about summertime, yep. and if I'm looking at that promotion and saying, oh yeah, I want to fill this program by September 26th, but P.S. we're going to be on a family vacation September 15th to 20th. <laughs> that makes no sense. Does this actually need to be done right now? No, it could wait. Like, Almost anything can wait other yep. than the stuff that really matters. And it's very obvious if something can't wait and you wouldn't even ask if it could wait because it can't. Right. Real emergencies are really obvious. Yeah. And you don't even have to ask. And so really literally everything else can wait. Yeah. Um, when we moved into this house about a year ago, I bought a 
huge 12-month calendar. And so I highly recommend that for anyone who needs like a visual of it. Um, because of how often my husband travels, uh, there's a lot of time where if I just write it down, then we can have communication about it because otherwise we're not seeing the same future <laughs> together. Beautiful. I love that. So um, every episode, Kate wraps up with a self-care or play idea. Um, do you have a simple self-care task at all for mm, moms? I love, <laughs> I love to just lay down on the floor. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. This is I, from the author of Do Less. <laughs> I really like if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I'm feeling tired, if I just need a break. I just like to lie down on the floor. I mostly will do it inside my house, but there are <laughs> benefits of lying down on the ground. Absolutely. Yeah. The studies about grounding. Yep, the grounding and how, in earth. Yeah. How important that feels. So or how important that is for us. So um and I'm not I do I do minimal. I'm a I'm a quick self-care person. Yeah. So I'm not going to be the person who has the you know hours long of rituals. I'll just lie on the floor for like 3 minutes and yeah. then I just get back at it. Yeah, that's perfect. We, um, on Instagram every day, I share a 60 second self-care, oh, like, you know, yes. one and done, like just do it and take a moment. Okay. So do you have any, um, play ideas of how you want to suggest yeah, so families play together? Mm -hmm. Another one that's just so fun is just, I mean, I know that other families do this, but you know, it, I find it changes the energy, especially like in the transition from daycare to dinner time to bedtime, like that's a, a tricky couple of hours in there. And so just putting on music and having a dance party is so helpful. One of my girlfriends I love, she does kind of um, playlist roulette, like she'll oh, just fun. push shuffle and find out what song comes up. It's a little trickier to do that on Spotify. Used to be easier when we did all our listening yeah. on iTunes. But anyway, so she just kind of like puts a song on random and decides that that song has a message for her and then dances around. So we usually in our house, to be honest, it's either Moana or Frozen. But, I was going to um, say, it's probably uh, a princess soundtrack for this age that. and stage. Dance with the princess songs. And so we just dance and that's so helpful from a play perspective. Yeah. And those are some great girl power anthems right there in Moana and Frozen. Also, I love the song, the A Million Dreams song from um, The Greatest Showman. So oh, yeah. That's a go-to if I really want to belt it out with my girls. That makes sense. My girls were just in the musical Annie. So that soundtrack has been belting. And now they're moving on to Newsies. And so oh it's all about Newsies all the time. Song like the open the gates and seize the day. Yes. <laughs> so there's like all these twelve year old girls belting that all the time at my house, and it's fantastic. I love awesome. it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and I um, appreciate you showing up and letting me interview you, Kate. Absolutely, this was fun. Thank you. I hope that you just had such a fun time listening. To Kate Northrup. She was fantastic to chat with and I am amazed and thankful for her generosity of sharing her time with us. Don't forget to go find Kate on Instagram as at Kate Northrup and go visit www.katenorthrup.com. Come back next week for our next special guest, my friend Sarah from Parenting Solution Finders. 
thank you again for leaving ratings and reviews and texting this podcast to at least four people. You are fantastic just as you are. Have an awesome week.